0: Hey, good morning, saints! Hallelujah! Right. Hallelujah! Good morning, all. All right. all right, all right. Come on now, we got we up. We know we had some graduations all right. and all that last night. Right. <laughs> and people, it, it, it's not that the graduations are so late, but the traffic is. Yeah. But um, but today we know that we have a God. We serve a God. Hallelujah! Yes. That Amen. can um make our path where it isn't like the traffic was last night, right? stand to our feet before we go before the Lord and praise and worship. Uh, This morning is a great day where you get an opportunity to celebrate our um, people. You know, a lot of times we say our young adults and all that, but I know um, being that I didn't graduate until I was about 49, (laughs) we can't always say, well, wait a minute, I am a young adult, so (laughs) <laughs> and that scripture Remember in, there, in the word it says That somebody will die at a hundred During the tribulation time I'm not going to be here but, uh, <laughs> but it says and they'll be like Oh what a shame They were so young They were only a hundred years old But today let us go ahead and lift up our voices Because we know that time is short today But the Lord expands our time For us to do a specific mission For us to carry on for him and bring the gospel out to the world. So it's just not in these four walls, but it's outside even more so. Everything that we do, everything that we say, we want to be a good neighbor. We want to be a good worker. We want to be a good uh, uh, co-shopper as we're out in stores. Letting people see the glory of God work through us each and every day in all that we do. And that means everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we can clap for that, because we know that we serve a mighty God, an awesome God. And we want to go before the Lord today, open up this service, hallelujah, glorify his holy name, and sing a new song unto the Lord. Worship the Lord with us.
1: Come on and clap your hands. Do your dance. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love to call your name is something we cannot explain Nobody's watching, nobody's watching me dance for you
0: Psalm 141 it reads Lord I cry unto thee make haste unto me give ear unto my voice that's what we're doing today when I cry unto thee to let my prayer be set forth before thee as an incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice well the word tells us to do it in the morning in the afternoon night hallelujah that's what we're doing this morning as we usher in the presence of the people unto the lord hallelujah oh hallelujah oh hallelujah Well, praise the lord as we prepare to take up our offering and do our announcements um let's see for our announcements this week please do not forget to read your bulletin and all of this is online also but um we have tuesday we have, of course, all the regular stuff, uh, you know, the, our usual um, events for the week. But I do want to point out that Pastor has been going over the Revelations series. Well, and uh, and also we be having Welcome to Life. So our old for found, foundation, well, is the artist known, formerly known as Firm Foundation, is now Welcome to Life. So if you are new to this church. <laughs> And you need to go to our Welcome to Life classes, which is a couple of weeks with the First Lady. She teaches those now on Tuesday evenings at 6.30. So make sure it's not Firm Foundation. It's the artist formerly known as Firm Foundation, and it's called Welcome to Life. I love that. Welcome to Life. All right. Praise the Lord. Also, we want to recognize that yesterday we had our food bank, and we had 68 families that were fed. For a total of 210 personnel. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Definitely. Good thing we could clap for it. Hallelujah. Um, also, this week we want to uh, make sure that we remember um, ooh, that we have our Consuming Fire Prayer, um, um, the prayer Conference coming up. All right. This, i am telling you right now do this. I remember when I first heard this lady speak, my wife, I think I heard her at one of the ladies' conferences. Sister Bonnie Marshall is going to be here with us, hallelujah. Now, you we might not all be clapping because a lot of people don't know who she is, but go to YouTube and look at her story. Yeah. Go look at her story, coming out of a false religion. And to come into the kingdom of God and be such a powerful speaker, what a powerful word of God, what a powerful testimony that God's arms are not too short that He can't reach around the world to the other side, right? Hallelujah, Hallelujah! But she's going to be with us that well, pretty much half of that week. I think that Thursday, Friday, um, uh, and uh, all the way through Sunday. I think there. I can't remember. There's a service on Thursday. But, um, but definitely. So it's June, oh here we go, June 1st through the 3rd. So make sure that you're here for that. You do not want to miss this woman when she comes to minister to us. And of course all of our other speakers. Hallelujah. Alright, well as we prepare our purses, pockets, and wallets, we want to go ahead and remember to, um, to uh, be in prayer for our young people, all of our young adults that are graduating. Uh, that have graduated or prepared for graduation and lift them up in prayer as they step off into a new thing in this new world as the Lord starts a new season for them. Um, let us pray for this offer. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, for this offering today, Lord, that you, Lord, would bless it, Lord. Hallelujah. That you would just magnify, let us magnify your holy name, Lord, with our offering, with giving, Lord. That we give, Lord, earnestly to you, Lord Jesus, without not begrudgingly, Lord Jesus, but to give to you, Lord, with love, to give to you, Lord, with honor, to give to you, Lord, not expecting to receive, Lord, but respecting, um, expecting to help out this local community, this local church. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Praise the Lord. But you would come on up, give your offering as we continue to worship the Lord. Hallelujah.
2: Week. We've uh two weeks, three weeks. It's, it's firework season for me. Yeah. So basically during this time of the year I just grab on and hold on and we're just going. I mean sometimes I'm hanging off the side of the train, sometimes I'm riding the train, sometimes I'm following the train behind it and waiting, telling it to come on but it doesn't matter the train is going during firework season. So here we are we ended up here on a Sunday morning together and uh, this is pretty cool. I'm loving The 9:30 service? Oh, scared me! (laughs) I'm loving the 9:30 service. Uh, It's, it's. I'm so glad that uh, the leadership team of of Life uh, did the things that needed to be done to be able to uh, get this done. Uh, We've been talking about it for a long time, doing some sort of a second service, and it just became a necessity. Uh, If you're here this morning. And if you stay for the 11 o'clock service, is it 11 o'clock? (laughs) I (laughs) need (sighs) to. Jimmy. my brain's. I'm glad I got some notes. (laughs) We don't know where we be going today, but uh, you'll see. It is. It we are packed out at 11 o'clock, and so uh, which is that's great. uh, But we don't have another church yet built, so. We had we to do something in between, and I like it. I just like it. So it's good to see you here this morning. So graduation Sunday. Uh, I love this time of year. Uh, it's it's a great time of year where we get to take an opportunity to celebrate the fact that uh, some folks have uh, committed to doing a series, a series of hard tasks, and they not only committed to do it, but they did it. Oh, yeah. they, 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 they completed the goal. They they, they they set their mind and heart and their actions to getting something done and they did it. Now some of them it was easier than others. You know, some kids in high school, you know, they had moms and dads who woke them up every morning with cheery smiles and hugs and prayers, and you know, they fed them breakfast and they, you know, they, uh, they got you know they took them to school and they picked them up and <coughs> But that's not like it, how it is for everybody, right? Some kids uh, had, you know, came from broken homes, and, and their, their their home life is just a series of chaotic events where they were just really trying to survive and ended up at school sometimes too, you know. And so, but either whichever state that person was in, they both shared the same stage this weekend. And they both got the same diploma this weekend. So the same accomplishment was harder for one than the other. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, whatsoever thy hand find to do, do it with all thy might; for there's no work nor device nor knowledge nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. God is calling us to stand up and accept the challenge of hard things so today I just want to speak about for a few minutes this thing is too hard for you this thing is too hard brother Cruz can you pray over this uh you may be seated so some of y'all know I probably probably know that I, I ran a landscaping company for a while uh, mainly it was cutting grass uh, I, I started because I was in college taking night classes I wasn't doing anything all day but playing like command-and-conquer on the computer and uh, my wife was uh, getting annoyed with that uh, she said what are you gonna do with yourself I said, mind your business. I'm going to school, you know what I'm saying? No, you know, I have the VA money, you know? I'll do a little homework in the day and, you know, build some armies and take over the world, you know? But, uh, of course, I didn't say, mind your business, that's not how you maintain peace in the home. But uh, my wife, uh, long story that I'm going to, and I don't have time for that, but, uh, we well, build built the business. Started cutting grass, and then we've started making good money. And I'm out there doing things, right. and uh, I don't know if I was doing them right, but I was doing things. Well, I got a contract with uh, Dollar General, and out there off of 84, and they have this big ditch. It's a, it's a drainage ditch. It's a pretty deep, overgrown ditch. And, and part of the deal was at least once a month, I had to um, dig out, I had to mow, cut down this ditch. And of course it's been a lot easier if I just mowed it every week, but of course, you know, I had a thousand other lawns to do So I was like, ah, I'll do it once a month and just deal with the fact that it'll be a little harder Well, Samuel uh, My son the oldest son he uh, at the time he was real young. I mean and he was little skin and bones That poor dude. I mean and it gave him a complex if you look at him now the dude is to be a beefcake, he's going to the gym, he's getting all big and stuff. He keeps coming in the room. I, I don't play with Samuel anymore. I, I don't wait. I just him and I both we just nod at each other like you're good, just keep on rolling. We don't even play, but uh, man, I, I better get with him, or we're not gonna get nowhere. Um, but uh, he was little, and I, I gave him push more, and I said mow the ditch. If, if you say, if you walk up to Samuel right now, it gives me goosebumps. If you walk up to Samuel right now today and you say, mow the ditch, you might see like a PTSD twitch in his eye. Cause this bro, this was, this was a, a, a moment of time. So I tell him to mow this ditch and there's a lot of work to do on this property. I didn't bid enough money on it, but anyway. So i would mow and weed eat a little bit and I go back to the ditch and there he'd be you know doing something and he'd be like dad this is too hard I can't do this I said you can do it and I kept mowing and weed eating and trailing bushes and I come back and there he was come on dad this is too hard I said nope it ain't too hard keep doing it and uh, sure enough I finished the whole property mowing edging weed eating get it all done and he's still in this ditch with this lawnmower And I'm not surprised. It's not not a small ditch. And it's hard to do. You know, but as I made my way over there, when I came to the ditch and I looked down in there, and that's a deep ditch. When I looked down in there, there he was. He was on his hands and knees, just dirt covered, smeary, muddy tears running down his face. And he just cried through his tears and through his crying. He said, Dad, I can't do this. It's just too hard. So I had other things to do in life, so I snatched up a piece of equipment, and we both finished up the ditch. Now, I know if I were to let Samuel keep working on the ditch, he was getting it. It was slow going. <laughs> I mean, he'll go take all day. He'd have got it done. But the point of it wasn't the ditch, right? The point of him being in the ditch and cutting the ditch wasn't cutting the ditch. Especially after he told me it was too hard, it changed the whole scenario. It changed the whole dynamic. No more was it about getting the ditch done. It was about we don't quit doing hard things because we find out things are hard. We keep doing. It. We don't give up. Look, you can whine. That's fine. Cause it's hard. You can cry, that's fine, because it's hard, but we don't quit. So his dad, his father, stepped in when he had done all he could, and together we finished the ditch. Things are going to get hard in life, right? We're not confused about this. I'm talking about elementary stuff, but we live, and most of our days are full full of elementary stuff. All day long, really all we do is manage the simple things of life. Every once in a while, we have extreme things that we have to deal with. And, but almost all day, every day, we're just dealing with the simplicities of everyday situations. And in those situations, we're consistently faced with things that are harder than others. So we're not always going to have the energy, time, and motivation and strength. To get done the things that we're going to do. But it's in these times that we just need to take a deep breath. Look the situation in the face. And take that required step. We can't cower in our weakness. Hoping that it will go away. Or think it will get better. That is not how hard things get done. Because we have options. We have options. There's this prophet guy that I read about in the Bible named Elijah. And uh, he was kind of the man doing some pretty cool stuff. Him and God were like taking care of business. And in this particular part of scripture, uh, he had uh, the prophets of Baal were doing their thing. And the children of Israel were turning to the prophets of Baal. And Elijah's like, you know what? We, We need to figure this out. You call you you bring all your prophets up here, and we'll each take a sacrifice, and, and whatever sacrificed is consumed by, by by supernatural fire, that is God. And there's a lot more to the story, but I gotta move on. Right, it's a really great story. But one you most of you probably read before. So, so they get there. You know, these, these prophets of Baal spend all day long trying to call down fire from a false god, which of course doesn't work. It's kind of funny. The Bible just straight up says that Elijah was mocking them, <laughs> which is, I guess, I mean, hey, you know. And then, then, then of course, he, at the end of the day, he calls on his God. He rebuilds the altar, calls on his God. His God doesn't only consume the fire. It consumes the altar. It licks all the water up in the thing. So, Elijah, Elijah I, I can imagine that there was a feeling of, you know, because we live by faith, right? We live by faith. And so, every once in a while, when we see the demonstration of the power of God right before our eyes, that is undeniable, it's exciting, right? It's empowering, right? This isn't all for no, you know, no, nah, this is cool. God is real. And he's doing, and he's got my back and he's listening to the things I say. And then shortly after this, you know, he, he, they murder all the prophets of Baal. Uh, and then there's a drought in the land. And this, he goes right into this scenario in the, in the scriptures where there's been this long, long drought and everything is terrible because of it. And basically he prays for rain and rain comes. So not only has God showed up, in the face of false gods, but he's also answered his prayer and and healed the land from the drought. Yes. Super cool, awesome. But Jezebel hears about this, sends a messenger to him, says, "I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you killed my prophets. I'm gonna kill you." Right. And for some reason, right? For some reason, this knocks Elijah off his confidence. It, it, he runs and hides, right, yeah. and the Bible says that he, he gets up underneath a juniper tree, right. and and he he says to God, I think I've got to hear it here. This iPad don't quit. Turn it off on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the first iPad, new iPad I bought in like eight or nine years, and so me and this thing would going around and around today. <laughs> Sorry. All right, I got a few more minutes. Let's keep cooking here. All right, let's find the scripture. Just calm down and find the scripture. Okay, here we go. Y'all remind me to tap this thing every two minutes if I don't. That's actually how I know I'm getting too far off track. If the screen turns off, I'm too far off track. I'm sorry. All right, I can't First Kings 19 and 4. says... Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Now, I don't know what version of this is. I didn't copy and paste that, but it's not the King James, I can tell you that. Ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba and Juba, he left his servant there. He left his servant somewhere else and he kept running. While he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and saw by his head there was a cake of bread over hot coals and a jar of water. He drank, he ate, and he lay down. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and said, Touched him. This is key. The angel of the Lord touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too hard for you. So some people may be like, well, what's wrong? You know, maybe he just had a moment moment of weakness or no, the Lord confirms to Elijah, you are correct, sir. This journey is too hard for you. And I need to stop here for a minute because I just feel like there's this overwhelming spirit of we, we. We shouldn't say that things are too hard. I actually labeled this message before I had it all together in one package. I labeled it, nothing is too hard for you. But it's not true. That's not true. There are things in this life that are too hard for you. It's too hard. It is too hard. And that is okay. It is okay for you to say with your This is too hard. As a matter of fact, it is necessary for us to have a realistic view of our situations or else we're never going to get past it. If you think it's not too hard, but it actually is too hard, you're going to live in a land of disappointment. But if you can Then that is the place where we can start the process of getting through it, even though it is too hard for you. So he runs, he hides under the juniper tree, tells God he's had enough, please just kill me. He's basically kind of depressed and suicidal. You know what I mean? I'm done. I'm done living. I don't want to live it. God sent an angel to cook him some food, slapped him on the tail, and said, All right, time to get going. You know what I'm saying? Now, when I started working for TNT... 15 minutes. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a little tickled. Alright. When I started working for TNT, I'm telling you, I've experienced stress like I have not experienced since I was in war. And I actually had to tell myself, I had to get in the mirror, in the hotels, it might be like, David, this is not life and death. You aren't in a war. You need to put this in the proper perspective. You know, and, and I, it just was, <clears throat> I really had to work through some things. But I had a team of people that was working with me in my office, at my house, that people were helping me with permanent. I mean, was all kinds of stuff, people all around me. And I, guys, when I get this, like, stress on me, I get, it. I just, uh, Lexi can probably tell you in her, from her perspective how I get uh, but I get kind of upset angry, short I get a little mean actually like I just kind of get a little mean I, I don't mean to be but just all those like 20 nice er things I could have said before I said the thing I said I just skip right past it go right to the thing I think needs to be said you know what I mean and I feel terrible about it but it's just and so Cheryl of course was kind of, was working with me in the beginning and she'd come in the room And she would like grab me by the hand and she'd take me into the kitchen and she'd like Give me a sandwich or something And, and I heard her say to the, to the girls in the office one day She said girls you just got to treat him like he's a baby <laughs> When the baby's cranky and crying it either needs food it either needs a nap or you just need to change his diaper. A food and a nap definitely helped. But most of the time, I just needed a diaper change because my attitude stuck. When we're facing hard things and we are stressed out, sometimes we just need to pray, take a nap, Need a snack. Because it's not time to quit. It's not time to wallow in whatever situation we're in. Sometimes we just gotta stop, acknowledge that this thing is too hard for me, pray about it, take a nap, and eat a snack. Now, literally, these things do need to happen. Literally, Literally. Eating napping and praying not in that order We're not going to get anything done in this life if we allow ourselves to only participate in the things that are easy So when I was in high school, I got mixed up in the party lifestyle very quickly in my, my freshman Actually eighth grade year I started it and it just got worse and worse from there so this basically interfered with every portion of any part of my life that mattered, being so wrapped up in this party lifestyle and so by my junior year, I decided I was going to drop out of school. It was just, I was already um, going to get kicked out because of attendance. I was already, my grades were terrible in all my classes. And I just was like, I went to, I caught my mom one day between her going to work, you had to get up early to catch mom. And I said, mom, just so you know, I'm, gonna, I'm dropping out of school. You know, my grades are terrible anyway. I'm already getting kicked out. I'm about to get kicked out because of attendance. And she was not supportive one way, she performed, but she knew, I saw it in her eyes, the defeat, because there's nothing she really could have done, that she had no influence in my life because she worked too much and never saw her, and she knew she couldn't make me do it because she was going go to I have to go to work, and she could tell me whenever she went, but whenever she went to work, I was going to do what I was going to do. And she knew this, so she, she didn't fight that battle. She just asked me what I was going to do, and I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll go to alternative school, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I was actually pretty uh, impressed that I got through that conversation without getting an ear torn off. But, so I quit. I dropped out of school and uh, I went immediately with a group of friends because all of my friends at that point had dropped out of school. Where did I get that idea? (laughs) So I go start hanging out with them and within about a week of hanging out with my friends, you know, doing nothing, going from other, you know, place to place every day, I, uh, I began to look at the people I was hanging out with and the kind of lives that they were living, and I started getting like a like a sinking feeling in my stomach. Like I remember this this spot in some random dude's house where I was sitting there, just and I said to myself, because this is a grown man who's sitting there in the middle of the day partying with some dropout high schoolers, you know, and I'm like, this this isn't. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it ain't right. You know what I'm saying? I I just like I was like, "Mm -mm, this this is not good. I'm you know I lived it up for a week. It's good enough for me. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, well, I don't want to go to go back to my regular school because it's too hard, right? I'll go to the alternative school. There's no attendance. They just give you your schoolwork that you have to do. You do it within a Portion of months. It's a dumbed down, not dumbed down, but it's 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 not as extensive as the regular high school work. It's very, it's a lot easier to accomplish than going to the regular school. So I said, I'll just go there because it's easier, and I did. I got enrolled in it. You know, nobody helped me. I was like, all right, well, I got enrolled in the alternative school. I made my way there week after week, but I started again getting this sinking feeling because it was easy. I mean, all I had to do was do some basic stuff and turn it in, and I was good. And I was like, see, I'm going to school, but I just knew better. I just knew better. I knew I I knew I had more in me than this. And it just, I was, it was eating me up alive, just going in there day by day, just doing the minimal, and then going and doing what? Hanging out with my bum friends, doing bum things. What am I doing myself? I said, I've got to get back to that school. And so I went back to my school. I said, look, I'm sorry, I know I messed it up. Can I come back? And they said, We can't come back this semester. Finish out your semester at that school and you can come back next time. So my senior year, I went back to my original high school and I was able to graduate with my original class. Trying to be excited. My iPad turned off again. I did it. But it was hard, right? It was hard. But I did it. And when I was walking across that stage, that meant more to me than I guarantee you most of those people in that high school. When my mama was standing there clapping for me in that audience, she that meant so much. It wasn't easy. I didn't just wake up every day and mom get me dressed and send me to school and, oh, I got to go to school. This was hard. This was a challenge. And this came from deep within. I set a goal and I did it. Now, that was just me, right? Just me and whatever I had then with my, you know, this was just something extra just thrown in there. But now that I got God, you know what I'm saying? I mean, what? power and strength and ability and potential is out there if i can make myself do hard things without the help and hope I would never want to do it again, but I would not trade that experience for anything. There are hard things all around us. We face hard decisions every day. We are faced with hard situations all day long, but we are not alone. Once we make up in our minds that we will face the hard in our life, God commits there to be with us. 2 Corinthians 12 and 10 says, Therefore... I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Another scripture says, in my weakness, he is strong. In my weakness, he is strong. Not in my pride. Not because I think I can do it and I know I'm going to do it. when we see a hard thing happen we have the opportunity and I think we have the necessity to pray that God remove the obstacle, remove it but we also need to understand and follow that up quickly with the prayer that says but God if you don't in life, God isn't going to move it. He's going to move you through it. Most of the time. So you can probably just, just skip through moving it pretty quick. Be like, God, if you want to move the mountain, cool. But if not, go ahead and give me strength. And I can guarantee you, a lot of times in the prayer during that time, God is going to start using that prayer time to show you how to get through it. God is more, I think, and I'm, because I, I can't speak for him, because I've only known him for 44 years, you know. But God is I think God is more concerned with us about getting strength and wisdom and knowledge on how to get through life than taking away the obstacles that are going to teach us those things. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. That's what I'm just thinking. We need hard. We need hard things. We need hard things. We need them. Around the same time in high school, my, uh, my parents ended up getting... Uh, splitting up. My dad. I was driving along with my sister. My sister told me, hey, you know, mom and dad are splitting up. I'm like, what? But I, I was coming and going. I wouldn't pay no mind, all that stuff. It was always chaos and bedlam anyway, so, you know, it was actually just another layer of whatever, you know. But she's like, you know, mom and dad are splitting up because dad found another woman, and that got me so angry. I mean, I was so upset with my dad for doing this. I just felt like all kinds of things. And it just started ramping up in me. And like the anger, I'm driving this car and she's in the passenger seat and I'm quiet. She's like, Dave, are you okay? And I'm just, I'm just I've am just, i never felt this anger before like I'm feeling. And it's just like pulsing and I'm getting mad. And I see myself in the mirror and I just punch it. And the, the window explodes and we just keep driving. And my, my sister's like, oh, Dave, get your hand. And I just glanced and I saw blood running down my hand. I'm like, oh, man, that ain't good. And so... What I've done is one of the pieces of glass had turned sideways when I punched and it cut my tendon on my my ring finger, on my hand. This one right here. And so I get home and get to the doctor and the doctor takes my tendon and basically puts my hand like this and he, and he ties my tendon back together. He's able to go down in there and pull it up. It's kind of like a rubber band, you know? And so he, he takes, takes my hand and then he puts me in a cast like this. So for the summer I'm in a a cast that has my hand bent like this all summer. I don't know, a couple months, but long enough to where when it was time to take the cast off, my hand stayed like this. (laughs) So I I went to the doctor, you know, and, and they're like, well, I was like, yeah, my hand's stuck. And they're like, yeah, that happens. And so what we gotta do is we gotta start working. You know, you gotta start doing physical therapy and working your hand. Now, you know, me, 44 years old, that's duh, right? But me, 17 years old, is like, what? So, like, I, I, I started moving it like this, and it, the, there was an extreme amount of pain that from that tendon in my hand, and it, it, was, it was very much nothing like I've ever felt before. And the doctor was telling me that I had to do that. And I would, I'd start bending it and I'd start to feel a pretty good amount of pain. Now, pain is there for a reason, right? And your body, if, if like, if there was something hot right here and I put my arm on it, would be like, ow, hot, move, don't do that. Pain is something that tells you not to keep doing the thing that you're doing because you're gonna cause damage. So that's why I'm like, I don't think I should move any further because I'm gonna pop that tendon. And the doctor's like, no. You have to move past the point of pain to be able to get to the place where your hand can fully function again. Not just once, but every day, multiple times a day. You need to confront that pace, point of pain and you need to push past it. I was like, yeah, but it, it feels like it's going to rip and break. It feels like it. And the doctor said, trust me. You will need to continue to do this every day and if you do what I'm telling you to do, you'll get full functionality in your hand. And sure enough, Years later, I can move. The only thing that happens if I'm using this hand too much, I it gets a little achy. But hey, I'll take that. Now, my brother, my older brother has a similar situation. He was young, and he was living with some friends, and they were throwing um, soap over the shower. And he and was all fun and games until he got soap in his eye. And he got it, He was very, they were doing and doing, got him really angry. He ran out of the shower, and they all ran out of the house, and he grabbed a kitchen knife. And he was angry, but they all ran out of the house, and he didn't have any clothes on, so he didn't follow them. And he starts stabbing the wall, angry, you know. And he stabbed, and his hand slid down the knife, and it sliced all the tendons in his hand. And so he's walking around, you know, whatever medical situation, they stitched him up just like me. They, they took the pressure off the tendons, and... He was healing, and I asked him, I said, Gabe, what happened, buddy? He said, Oh, I was washing this glass when I was doing the dishes, and it, and it slipped and broke, and I cut my finger. And... I'm like, What? That's a special kind of special right there, buddy. <laughs> Later, he told me it, the real story. But anyway, he got done, and he went to physical therapy, and they're like, Hey, you needed it, and he refused. He said, It hurt too much. He refused to go through the process of the pain, to get back the functionality of his hand. Now this guy, he's like four years older than me, so he's close to 50. He walks around like this. His dominant hand, we call it the claw. Every time I see him, I say, hey Gabe, show me the claw. he goes, <laughs> And it's funny, right? Like between us, it's all funny. But it's really, really sad. That this grown man for the most of his adult life has had to live with the crippling situation of his dominant hand because he was unwilling to confront the pain of the process of doing the hard things in his life. Something that if he would have just spent some time confronting the pain of the process, he would have full functionality back of his hands, and it would just be a memory. But now There to confront. I I wouldn't be sitting here in this crippling state that I am. Guys, I would tell you it was hard to come into service today. When I got the note that I was going to be speaking today, I'm like, man, I'm too busy for this.
0: Holy cow! How in the
2: world am I going to preach it? That means I'm going to ask, like, you know, David, do it. Just do it. It'll be good. I was like, all right. So I made it up in my mind right away. No, you're doing it. You're going to figure it out. I said, all right. And the Lord began to minister in me throughout this week. It's a hard thing to do, right? But hard things are good. Hard things are good for us. When we turn away and we turn down hard things, we're not just choosing not to do the hard things. We got, You know, we choose our heart. You know that? We choose our heart. We're confronted with hard things all day. We can choose to confront the hard thing and do the hard thing that we get to do or deal with the fact that comes up from not dealing with the hard thing. Like my brother, you know how hard it is for him to function in everyday life? He, he has a different kind of heart that he's dealing with every day that he doesn't have any choices about. But we don't have to be like that. We can face our heart. We can do the things that God is calling us to do now so that he can do the things that he wants to do later. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be unsure. It's okay to not to want to do those things. It's fine. It's okay to be tired. But the key is being scared and doing it anyway. The key is being unsure and doing it anyway. The key is acknowledging the fact that this, in fact, is too hard for me. And getting up and doing it anyway. Because we know we're not alone. We know we're not in this by ourselves. Matthew 11 and 28 says, come unto me. All ye that are, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I, I have this 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 message has been just rolling around in my heart, in my mind, and my spirit since the moment that I stepped up to the to the platform today to present it to you, and. And and I don't look at it as just something to say, you know, to come up and be like, hey, I did my time from 9.30 to 10 o'clock or whatever. That's not why I really felt like God was going to use these words today to help someone to find the strength to confront a hard, hard that's going on in your life. And I don't know God hasn't given me the the spirit of discernment for people's lives. So I don't know the the hard that you're going through. But I know that some people consider what your hard thing is, it's easy for them. It's not a big deal, but it's hard for you. But I want to tell you that God is offering rest today. God is offering rest in his spirit. Like the angel touched Elijah in his deepest place of depression. The Bible says the angel touched him. God wants to touch us today. God wants to touch us and give us the strength that we need to continue to face and get through the hard things. Can we stay? We're going to open up this place to prayer in response to the spirit of the Lord here. Lord God, We love you and thank you so much for all the things that you do for us. Thank you for the times where we have rest and it's easy and it's okay. But thank you for the hard things. Thank you for the things that I have to confront, Lord. But more than that, thank you, God, that you're here with me. That you're here with me to help me to get through these things. Help me to have the confidence and boldness in your power to be able to invite you into my situation with me, God. Whatever I'm going through, Lord, I'm willing to go through.
0: Definitely do not want to interrupt that. Thank you, Reverend McQuarter, for an awesome word or awesome message. Now, to many on the outside looking in, may seem so simplistic, and it is. But it is something that is so profound, which affects everything that we do as individual people, as the kingdom of God, as the church. That we must do hard things. In all my years of knowing Reverend Mick Gordon for the past 14, coming up on 15 years that we've been here, I think one year we honored him and gave him some gifts for his birthday, and, and I bought him a book. And I bought him a book because I thought of him. Of all the men that I've worked with in my life, you know, he's one of the hardest men I know. And I bought him a book, and it's called Do Hard Things. And this is a well-renowned, best-selling New York book. And some brothers wrote it and it exemplifies what our young men and young women are missing today. You know, from our era of the greatest generation in the 40s and the 50s and all of that. But they had their battles also. But even more so, as Reverend Gordon has pointed out to us today, that there's a battle in the kingdom. And that when we come to the Lord, it's not easy. Because we have to give off some things, but as he said, we have to put off the world and put on Christ But we can't do that in our own power Because it's too hard for us But for the Lord it's not too hard Even for men such as Reverend Gordon, who in my opinion is harder than woodpecker lips But it took the Lord for him to break all those bonds as it is as it was for me for me, and it is as it is for all of you also, that we have to lean upon the Lord, because the Lord is my strength. Amen. Yeah, and the Lord's
1: arms
0: are hard. Hallelujah. And they're not too short, but he not, may not be able to reach us. But hallelujah, let us go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what he's doing in our life and for working for him. For calling us to do hard things, to do difficult things. Hallelujah. Because we do not grow. Muscles don't grow without doing a difficult stretch it. It's got to be hard. It's got to be difficult. But thank you, Reverend going for an awesome word. And at first I thought he was going to sit up here and give his presidential speech because he sounded like JFK. You know, we do hard things not because they're easy, but because they're hard. <laughs> so Reverend I'm Mid- about to proclaim we're going back to the moon. <laughs> As it was back in 60 or 60. Whenever JFK gave that speech. But praise the Lord, saints. Please do not forget all of our announcements. Um, and definitely before you leave today, shake hands one or two of our brothers and sisters. Greet everyone and be blessed in your day as you go on. Hallelujah. And let the Lord, the God of glory, let his illumination shine through you in all that you do. Let's go before the Lord. Close to prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you, Heavenly Father. We are thankful, Lord, for this mighty word, this awesome word, Lord. And as we go on in our week, Lord Jesus, that we can take these things that Reverend Ben Horton has said, Lord, and apply them to our lives, Lord. As the Lord, as you pointed out in Matthew 11, 28, that you, Lord, Hallelujah, are my rest, and you take on the heavy load, the heavy yoke, Lord, Hallelujah. Give me what it's like. We thank you. We praise you. We plead your blood in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless, be blessed, and go on and live out your life in obedience to Jesus Christ. Amen.